This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. What does it mean to be a hero? And even more importantly, what does it mean to be a hero leader? It's a specific type of combination, and we have a guest here that's going to tell us what that combination is. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the President and CEO of SalesFuel and a proud Hero Club member. There you go. So you're a hero, and we are proud to welcome back to the show the chairman and CEO of the C-Suite Network and best-selling author of The Hero Factor, How Great Leaders Transform Organizations and Create Winning Cultures. And we're proud to call him a friend and also a colleague through Tallgrass Public Relations. Jeffrey Hazlett, thank you for giving us some of your time today. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And you guys are absolutely tops in our books because you're on C-Suite Radio too. So we love that. I mean, we're, we're now hitting 100 podcasts over 5,000 episodes every single year. So it's amazing. That's are we great. still in the top five? You are. You are. You guys pop up there at the top. You've been staying. I love it. Been knocking people down. Knocking people down. <laughs> they, they, well, they try to get up to you there, Lee, and you, boom. You just well, that's only because you haven't been to the studio recording your own podcast lately, because I'm sure when that happens, <laughs> we're going to get knocked down. Yeah, we'll get right down to the well, bottom. There's lots of room for great podcasters, so that's what's really cool. You know, you know, we're the bit large world's the largest business podcast network, so it's just fantastic to watch. That is fantastic. And so you we, guys are part of it. Every month, we have like 250% growth over the last month. It's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so Jeffrey, what, how would you define what a hero is? Yeah. Well, you know, it's somebody obviously at the Cape, moves uh, tall buildings, uh, single bound, uh, but you know. And fights crime. And fights crime. In a business sense, it's someone who runs a hero culture, you know, that runs a business that's really focused in on some key, key items. We find that companies that are hero companies, they actually gross more revenue, make more money, have happier engaged uh, employees, they have more engaged customers, and they have vendors who'd like to work with them. So, you know, a hero is somebody who just takes care of other people. But and, it's a choice. Oh, it's a big choice. People you have to make plus profits. Yeah. So you weren't early in your career. You said I was doing fine and I wasn't doing anything wrong. Actually, you, uh, let me rephrase that. You said you were doing well and you weren't doing anything wrong. Therefore, you weren't as aware of the importance of being making that choice. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with making wealth. I mean, let's don't let's let's put that right up there because you can be in on page 12 of the book, The Hero Factor. And by the way, you can go and get a free assessment on The Hero Factor book.com you can get a free assessment doesn't charge any don't charge anything won't become won't be haunting you or mm. tracking you down it's all free we want you to have it because we we're on a mission to make businesses better and and you know and i talk about wealth on page 12 i actually talk about the hero intensity chart where we actually put up different kinds of companies because on the one side on the far right side you got this high hero intensity you know the hero fact you know that hero factor and then you on the on the left hand side you got operational excellence which also plays in that hero factor so you where you see businesses that have high operational excellence but low hero intensity well those are operational excellence companies they're great companies it's like walmart that's like you know a ge 
very good companies, but they're not really participating as heroes. They're not really taking care of the community, looking out after all the things. Now, don't get me wrong. They do a good job. They're not breaking the law. They're not doing those things. But their primary purpose is to really benefit the shareholders. You know, in the bottom right-hand corner, you've got those companies, which I call do-gooders. I mean, they're yeah. out there, you know, just really fighting the fight, you know, doing good for others. But they make, they don't make money. They can't fight their way to have a wet paper sack when it comes to money. Well, that doesn't do you any good because that will give you the kind of money you want to be able to do the kind of good things that you have, you know, that you believe in. And so, you know, we find that our Hero Club members, those businesses that really have that hero factor, that upper right-hand quarter, quadrant, they, they live values every day and they stated values. They have stated values about taking care of the community. They take care of their employees. They take care of their customers. They take care of their, you know, uh, vendors. And they take care of the community that they, they serve and the environment that they live in every single day because it's their backyard. You know, and then there's some other companies like good companies. We have lots of good companies out there, but they're not hero companies. They don't go that extra mile. And then you've also got, you know, uh, wannabes, you know, that are really trying to do a little bit of both, but can't quite get there. And then you, of course, way in the far left-hand quadrant with low operational excellence and low hero values of those asset companies. Well, we've seen a few of those, and I write about those in the book. So, you know, what you have to do, and I think what you said, Audrey, you have to pick a side. You have to make a choice. And I, and I say that in the book. I don't care where you're at. Just pick one. Pick one. Pick one of those companies. Decide you're going to be a good co. Decide you're going to be an asshat. I don't care. I'm fine with that. I just won't you know, do business with you. I won't like it. You know, I'll, 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 I basically want to punch in the throat, you know, but, but you can be that kind of company. But, that's what you want to be. but the key is to make a choice about it. What was your epiphany? I mean, what happened when that made you decide, hey, you know, I'm not just going to be someone who's going to make a lot of money and be very successful in my career or whatever, but I need to make a change so that I put more focus, more emphasis on these other things. What happened? Well, it was, I, we're, I was in a big corporate job, and we had just laid off a lot of people, and someone tried to incentivize me for that. So, um, and I said, no, that doesn't seem right. It's just, you know, we just ruined people's lives. Not, it wasn't our fault. I mean, we had to do what we had to do, because that's what you got to do. I mean, we're sometimes forced by that, those things. Here we were in 2008, and yet someone was trying to incentivize me for, doing, for, for laying people off. I said, that's it, right? You're going to give me a check for, I don't know, a million, two million, three million? What is it? And, and it was all because I, I, I cut jobs. Wait a second. That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, well, you don't want to profit from other people's pain. Exactly. So I didn't, I didn't think that was correct. I won't tell you what the conversations were like, but they weren't pretty. And they weren't pleasant. Um, but that's where I decided, look, I don't operate that way. And, uh, and that's not what good people do. And so as I got out of that and got into my, back into my own businesses and doing my own thing, I started to realize that, um, you know, there was, there was more to it than just making money. There was more to it. You could do it with a conscience. You could do it with values. And I thought, man, I got to go find other people like that. And I was lucky enough to find, you know, the founder of the Hero Club, and I was lucky enough to be able to acquire it. And then I'm lucky enough to be able to grow it now and find other people who want to have stated values. And, and, and a difference in what we did in the Hero Club is we make people sign a pledge. I don't care whether you join us or not, sign a pledge. Sign a pledge. Pick um, a side. Yeah, pick a side, brother. You know, pick a side and decide that you're just going to be a good company. I, I, you know, even if you don't, you know, come into our group, I want you to do that. 
And so I talk about that in the book. I talk about diversity. I talk about inclusion. I talk about, you know, even things like Donald Trump are good for this country right now. Not because of Donald Trump. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I think he's kind of batshit crazy. But because it's forcing people to pick a side. You know? Some people would call that being divisive, though. Well, I tend to look on the positive side of it. It's divisive because we didn't do our job to get to stop him before he got elected. So, mm. you know, which we were complacent. We were letting things go. We said, oh, there's we don't no need way it. he's going to win. Exactly. So and and yet, you know, it's because we weren't writing enough checks. We weren't doing enough uh, volunteering. We weren't we weren't being vocal. We weren't picking sides to say what's good and bad. And so we got what we got. Okay, now let's don't do that again. Okay, I think most of us would say that, and even those people who were supporters of him would say, would say, hey, you know, there's a better way of doing it, <laughs> or there's got to be a better way. <laughs> or there should be. There should yeah. be. Hey, we um had a little prop bet before you rang into the room, Jeff. We occasionally do this. We bet for Starbucks. It's not money, but uh, I I actually thought maybe in terms of age groups of young C-suiters would be less likely to have made this choice and that Lee said, yes, he thinks that the older you get, the more woke you get to this philosophy of becoming yeah, a exactly hero leader. Yeah, I exactly that term, Audrey, yeah. <laughs> and that, you know, he thinks that the demographics of who actually embodies this are the older C-suiters. And not Do you old. you find that? But, or? Yeah, but not, not, not Gen Zs. How does it skew? You know, it, it's it's actually we skew on the hero side right now a little younger than than older. Oh, I so, won. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 I think that's an aspirational side. Yes. Than than an implementation side. But they're so, hungrier when they're younger, and yeah, they more pressure or when more idealistic, maybe. Yeah, I think well, that's the case. I I think that again, I think the word I would use is aspirational. Okay. okay? Meaning, I think they want you always want to do the right thing, right? And, and sometimes we got into businesses or there were, there were phases in the business or phases in our decades here that, that we always didn't, couldn't do it because we got so caught up in the rat race. And then as we go, as we get a little older, I think Lee's exactly right. We get a little smarter. We get a little bit more thinking about what's my legacy, you know, or our, our company's legacy. You know, it, it's like I sent a note on to the team today because I got irritated about you know, we can't do things the right way. And we're not doing it, but we have a choice. We can do it. We can do it this way. Why are we settling for this? Why are we settling for less? I don't get it. I don't want people. And I said either. So here's the deal. From now on, I was talking about sales, by the way, which is just right down your alley. Right down my alley, yep. Yeah, I said I said either get on the bus and start driving the bus with me or take some shifts or get off the bus or go stand in front of the bus because I'm going to run you over. Okay? And I said, those are your choices because, you know, if you, if you don't get off the bus or on the bus, I'm going to put you in front of the bus and I'm going to run you over. So what's interesting about that, though, is it tells me then to be a hero. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be namby-pamby and, and, you know, and flowery and everything. All is right with the world and we have to be positive and, and, and rainbows and unicorns and everything like that all the time. Lee, I mean, Lee, do I sound like a hugger? I mean, well, you... <laughs> I am a nice guy. You know what I mean. I am. Yeah, you are a nice guy. It's like I mean, you have this pers- this, this this public persona or whatever. But you're a bit of a hard ass, but but I know you're really not a hard ass. So. I think most of the biggest hard asses we know aren't the biggest hard asses we know, mm-hmm. right? The, the biggest tough guys we've had in our lives. You know, like let's let's think about our fathers or our, 
our uncles or even maybe our grandfathers a little crusty from time to time, but really with the man, they, they melt you, they melt you and you melt them in a heartbeat. So I think most, most, uh, most real leaders are like that. They do what they have to do, but at the soft undercore, they have, you know, they have, the, they have that other side. Cause I don't think you have one side when it comes to that stuff. So if you are a leader that embraces this philosophy and is making the choice and you are now within an organization that is not this culture, should you start looking around? Oh, in a heartbeat. You want to have people drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, drinking the champagne or on the wagon. You know, 50-some percent of employees, I think it's 58 percent, are disengaged from the business. And that's, that's, that's freaking nuts. I mean, that's nuts. So, you know, yeah, I, if, I want you to be so engaged. I want you to be like me. I want you to be, I want to go to bed at night, hurry up and sleep so I can get up in the morning the next day and go to work. I want you to be that passionate about what we do and how we do it. Now, I don't expect you to be as passionate as me. I, I, I would hope that, but I just don't expect it. Because, you know, when you're running the business as an entrepreneur, you know, an entrepreneurial spirit, you're ju- you just, you, you know, listen, you know, your wife has to run up to you and say, hey, I, you can go, we're going out tonight and date night and you can't wear anything with a logo on it. Okay. You know, so you, cause you wear your, you know, you wear your, you wear your stuff 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I love doing that. But um, yeah, if I can't find people who are as passionate, but, but if you're running a hero culture, you're signing up other people just like you and you're training them and inspiring. Now, typically an entrepreneurial business has three stages. The first stage is one man band or one woman band. The next stage is adding devout followers. And the third stage is then getting skilled practitioners, you know, well, hero, hero business also makes sure not to leave those devout followers behind, right? And that we find roles for them. We find ways that they can still be involved as we go to the business, even though I might have to replace them or I might have to change them, might have to move them around, but I'm going to find different ways to be able to utilize them because they were there when nobody else was, you know? And that's part of your culture and part of your spirit. What happens in these bigger operational companies and these operational excellence companies, they, they forget that. And so then they, they cut that core out. And each manager has their own culture. So as a manager, you can have a hero culture, I believe. It, 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 and it can be very challenging to try to function that hero culture within a company that does not subscribe to those values. I, I hear you there. Yeah. But like, you know, it, it, just because the, the organization itself may not necessarily embody everything that it is required to be a, a hero culture doesn't mean that you can't try to make your own hero culture on your own team. Well, you should. You should always try. I mean, you know, it's, you know, the key is to make sure that, uh, you know, not everybody puts profit over people. And not every business has to do that in order to be successful. So this is about the realization that we can combine people and profits and you can, and you can become a hero leader. And you can do what's right for the company, but you can do what's right for the people too. And if you can't, then you, then you can declare there's a breakdown. Then you declare, hey, this isn't in, in our values. But most of us, as you know, Lee, they, we, don't, we don't declare our values. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let me ask you right now, listeners. Listeners, what is your walkaway value? Think about this. In your business today, what is a value that you have that if, if a customer, an employee, a vendor – or anyone else that you can think of doesn't have the same value that you'd walk away from. I mean, that, that's the kind of thinking I want you to have because then it really gets core. Now, once you start to develop these lists of values, then you start to develop this list of operational principles around the values. 
And then you got to also have where everybody's got to buy into the vision of it. And, and you got to state it and you got to be able to walk around and people feel it, live it, breathe it, drink it. And once you have that, well, that's when you start to exceed and you start to become and move up into the upper right hand quadrant of becoming a real hero, hero leader. So you think about what your deal breakers are and the opposite of those deal breakers is your culture or, or your values. It's the values, it's things you run to, mm-hmm. right? And, and, I, and I think that's a fundamental, I don't think we spend enough time thinking about those things, right? You know, it's like, you know, like one time I, I tell you, I was with LeVar Burton and uh, oh, Mark, what's Mark Wolf. He's a producer, television producer, movie right. producer. Yeah. And, and he's done some really great Terminator and a bunch of others. He's done some great ones. And so um, anyway, I was with him and uh, LeVar and we were speaking and I rarely don't go listen to a lot of other speakers unless I really know them. But I just had met LeVar and Mark backstage in the green room and I really fell in love with Mark and, and, and with LeVar. And, and since we've become, uh, LeVar and I have become very good friends. And, and I, they asked, would you come and watch my speech? So I stepped out and I watched the speech. I was sitting in the front row. And one of the slides that they put up was, we don't work with assholes. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, nah, that's a good value, mm-hmm. right? And that's just says, you know, we don't do that. You know, like one of my, one of my values is starting to be, I don't want drama. I'm done with drama. Mm-hmm. I'm, done, I'm done with drama. The, the older I get, the less tolerance I have for it. Yep. Exactly. And so I'm like, you know, in, in some cases, I've had to pull a couple of people aside and say, look, when you start becoming more of a problem for me to deal with than the, than the benefits that you have or give, the value that you give, uh, it's, it's, it's not worth it. We've had Cy si Wakeman on the show a couple of times. Have you ever met her? I absolutely have. Yeah, you, yeah, you, two, should be, you two should be best buds. I mean, Cy yeah. is talent, a real talent. Yeah. So what's the business case, you know, for adopting a hero mentality as opposed to a bottom line results oriented approach to running a company or a department? Well, I don't know. One's going to make you more money and you're going to be happier, you know? So I, right there, I, I, how could you not want to do it? I mean, mm-hmm. look at, look at these great companies that have even values that you don't want that you might not want. Let's take Chick-fil-A. Let's take Kathy Truett or Truett Kathy. I can't remember. I always forget. Um, has a business called Chick-fil-A. They eat Chick-fil-A. I love their sandwiches. I don't know about you, but I love their sandwiches. I love those little pickles on them, and I love to eat them. And every time you go to Chick-fil-A, there's a huge line. Okay. Well, but they don't. They have they have two values that might be alarming to some people. One is that they don't open on Sunday. They're not open on Sunday. They think that's a day of rest, and that's a day that you should observe the Lord. And regardless of what your religion is or your beliefs, they're not open on Sundays. Now, the other thing is they don't believe in same-sex marriages, and they've been very vocal about it. But you know what? That, I, I, I choose to overlook that because that's their right to do so, but I still go eat the chicken sandwich. <laughs> so, and, and there's a business that has some stated values, stated about how they are. He's upfront about it. Their whole organization's upfront with it. Even people who work in the company might not espouse all the values, but they respect the values and that he and the company have stated. Uh, take another business like Starbucks. I write about that in the book. Now, I like to call Starbucks four bucks because it's a very expensive place, but nonetheless, you know. Or you no get bucks. Two, yeah, <laughs> you get, yeah, 10 bucks, maybe it's 10 yeah. bucks by the time you get in there. But, you know, the, here's a company that, you know, when they did, the, the, they had two young men walk into a Philadelphia Starbucks, sit down, 
Mm. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, African-American young men waiting to have an appointment. The manager came over and said, are you going to buy a cup of coffee? And they said, we're waiting for me. No, we're waiting. And they said, get out, you know. And, of course, if you know anything about Starbucks, Starbucks at its core isn't a coffee shop. They say that their values is their community meeting place, Mm -hmm. community. Their place, a gathering place. And you don't have to, I mean, how many times have you walked into Starbucks and maybe not even bought anything and mm-hmm. sat there and done work? Well, yet because of allegedly these, the color of the, of the skin on these two young gentlemen, they were asked to leave. Now, rather than Starbucks run away from it, what Starbucks do? They shut down all their operations for a day and they did mandatory training. There's somebody living their values. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's another thing about Starbucks, which I've, I've been on Bloomberg and many other uh, shows to talk about was uh, in, in certain states, you can carry uh, weapons. Correct. You can carry weapons right out front, and you can wear them on your hip, or you can actually walk around with an AR-15. And so anyway, uh, one of the things that they, they do is that uh, these, these right-wing extremists march on Starbucks and go into Starbucks with their weapons. And of course, what does Starbucks do? They recognize that's what the law says. They recognize that's a local value. It's recognized that's what the communities do, so they honor that. And yet that's opposite of what they really believe. And I would look at the Philadelphia incident that regardless of the color of the skin, gender, or any other things like that, the fact that they kicked them out without buy- because they didn't buy anything or whatever is actually runs afoul a of the company values. So, oh, Without question. Without question. So that was, they were being heroes. They were being heroes. And I, I applaud that. Well, the book is available on Amazon, and I listened to some of your audio version of it, and you can hear a little snippet on there, but also herofactorbook.com, right, and a free assessment, Uh, Twitter, at Jeffrey Hazlett. We're just so pleased to kind of share this philosophy and get the word out, Jeffrey, because it really is a choice, and we want people to, you know, be thoughtful. You don't have to do everything the same way your entire career. There are other ways of doing things. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for having me and being a part of this and being a part of C-Suite Radio. It is our pleasure, Jeffrey, and thank you once again. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.